Mm. Yeah, he's one of my favorite preachers and definitely my favorite missionary. You're, there's a lot of great missionaries here today, but he's my favorite. <laughs> it has been quite a journey. It's been a journey of faith. Um, sometimes you look at us as missionaries, we tell our stories of where we are right now, uh, but we don't often get to talk about how we got there. And there are many times we've had to step out into very difficult situations. Um, so we ho- I hope that this week encourages all of you with what your yes can do. Because all we do is we say yes to God and he does the rest. Amen? Amen. So how are you doing this morning? Good, 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 good. That's a good way to start. Well, on behalf of the Dominican Republic, I too thank you so much for all you've done to bless their lives. Before I begin, I'd just like to take a moment and just pray because I want to be hearing straight from the Lord, all right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are so clearly here. Thank you. It is so clear. We're just in your presence. I ask you just to guide me. Show me what to add, to take away, to emphasize. Show me, Lord, what the hearts of the people and what you want them to hear today, Lord. Help me to do it with all your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was preparing for this message, one thing came to mind. What is the big deal about missions? What is the big deal about missions? We spend a lot of time at City Church talking about missions, right? We have a whole conference week focused on missions. What's the big deal? Now, for some of you who have been here a very long time, you know the big deal about missions. But there might be some here that might even be here for their first time and been going, yeah, what is the big deal about missions? So I hope to shed some light on that for you today, okay? So let's talk first about mission and vision. Because you often see that mission statement or vision statement with any organization or business, right? Um, When they talk about the mission, it's what we are doing now, what we want to do now. When we speak about vision, it's what we hope to do in the future. City Church has a mission. It is to come as you are, connect with God, connect with people, and contend for more of God's presence. Everyday Ministries, the ministry that God so graciously has allowed us to steward and found, has a mission. Equip and empower the church, train and develop leaders, raise up the nationals to their full potential, extend the kingdom through multiplication, empower women in their roles, potential, and God-given image, develop and implement the talents of the national and foreign missionaries, and globally mobilize the body of Christ through strategic partnerships. There's a mission. There's a focus. So let's talk about missions. That comes from a Latin word meaning to send, okay? And if you look through the Bible, you may not necessarily find that word missions, okay? But I assure you that the nations have been in God's heart forever. Over and over, as you read through the Old Testament, you speak about, you hear God speaking about the nations and how near and dear they are to him. I just want to use one of the scriptures, Psalm 105, 1 through 2, and share one of these with you this morning. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. 
make known his name among all the nations. Ah, oh, that is a God who has a passion for people. Amen? And in the New Testament, you find out how Jesus, well, some of his last words were speaking to the disciples about the nations. And remember, whatever Jesus did was always in the heart of God. He always did and said what the Father told him to say and do. So Matthew 28, 19 through 20, I know you probably have heard this a few times, the Great Commission. It's our charge, okay? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So no matter how far you go, he's always with you, doing what he is passionate about. Go and tell the nations. So who is called to missions? Who is called to missions? Any idea? We all are called to missions. Christians, we are called to this marvelous work. And you know what's so exciting is there's so many different ways to serve God in this mission of his. In the Dominican Republic, there's been a history of missionaries going to them. And so now, as, as missionaries to the Dominican Republic, we're planting these new seeds and beginning to change mentality and watching them transform from consumers to doers. Currently, we're connected with about 1,000 different churches between the North Coast and the South Coast of the Dominican Republic. And so whenever we have a chance, we communicate that you need to get involved in missions, and there's four ways you can do it, which this church does very well. You go, okay? You pray. You send, okay? And you care for the missionaries. You go as a missionary. You pray for the missionaries. You send. You support those missionaries, and you care for those missionaries. And often I'm faced with, well, what do I have? I don't have anything that I could give or serve with. What, what can I do? What's in your hand? Do you remember the story of Elisha and the, the widow's oil? She was in quite a demise. Her husband has passed away. He was in company of the prophets. And, and she was in great debt. And she was going to lose her sons. He was going to enslave, the debtor was going to enslave her sons. And she went to Elisha and said, what do I do? What am I going to do? This is a grave situation. I'm paraphrasing here. Okay. And Elisha said, well, what do you have in your home? Do you know what she said? Me, this servant, I don't have anything at all. Except for a little oil. How many times do we do that when God calls us or nudges us to go, well, what do I have? I don't really have anything at all. But when we think about it, we do have something to give. So he said, listen, go and get all the jars you can collect. Shut the door to your home. Do this with your sons. Pour the oil into those jars. And watch what God will do. Well, she kept pouring the oil into jar after jar after jar until they ran out of jars and the oil stopped flowing. And she went to go tell Elisha about it. And he says, oh, wonderful. Go sell it. Pay off your debts. And this will take care of your expenses for life. What if she would have made excuses? What if she wouldn't have recognized what she did have? When God called us to the mission field, honestly, I wondered why. Me? What do I have? I didn't even speak the language. In fact, we went to the Dominican Republic without having and had been there. Because first stop was supposed to be Haiti, by the way. That's another story. 
I could literally speak, the, excuse me, I could literally count to 10 and say the names of the colors. That was it, okay? But what God does, when you say yes, he does the rest. He equips you. It's amazing what he will do and what he will multiply if you will just offer up what you do have. Amen? So, let's talk about missions some more, shall we? Missions must be directed by the Holy Spirit. It has got to have the Holy Spirit breathing on it. All right? And it's got to be motivated by love, the love of God. So let's start with the part about being directed by the Holy Spirit, shall we? In Acts 13, 2 through 4, let's look at the first send that we see in the New Testament, Paul's first missionary journey. The leaders of the church are gathering, and it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, okay, they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them. Now, that was a formal sign of appointment to service, okay? And they sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. Now, things may not have even made sense to them at that time, but they were worshiping God. They were listening to the Holy Spirit. you got to listen to the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. And listen, sometimes we need to let the logic go, and just listen. And as we take those steps of faith, they become clearer and clearer. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We want our missions to be directed and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay. You're with me? All right. Good. All right. Next thing. Motivated by the love of God. Yes, obedience is required. Okay? Just like I said, directed by the Holy Spirit and obedience. Step out into it. But you got to go to love others. And you must love others to go. It is a love of sacrifice, yes. But that is exactly what Jesus did. He loved and he gave with sacrifice because that's how our Father God loves. And Jesus said, I, am the, I and the Father are one. So whatever you saw him do was always in the heart of God. True love is this, 1 John, 1 John 3, 16 through 19. Hmm. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister need, but has no pity on them, oh, where am I? Um... I should have read my own version, sorry. How can the love of God be in that person? Let me, I'm going to put an emphasis on 17, because in the New American Standard Version, it says this, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But it is the word of God. So if we see someone in need, but yet we ignore it, we have shut up our heart from them. Ooh, that's not a good place to be. As a follower of Christ. Verse 18 and 19. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Love and action in truth. That love is going to require action. Now, there's a, a pioneer of the faith, a missionary who, who made the way for many of us, 
Um, she has passed away um, in 1951. Her name is Amy Carmichael. She was a missionary to India. I encourage you to read her biography. It's interesting, and she's written a number of books as well. For 55 years, she ministered there, and she was the founder of the Donover Orphanage, which is still in existence today, and it was founded to rescue children from temple slavery. She devoted her life work to it. She said this, you, cannot, you can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. Let me say that again. You can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. Think about that. We do it. We give without love. You know, pretty soon the bells are going to be ringing where the Salvation Army bell ringer is, right? I'm just going to give you a few examples here, okay? And, you know, our intentions are good. We hear those familiar bells. We want to give to the Salvation Army, but it is cold outside, okay? I've not forgotten. I'm a Minnesota girl. And you're running from your car to the store, and you're thinking, I'm going to get some change. I'll put some change in that bucket. I will on the way out. You go on the way out. You forgot to get the change. All right, I'm in my car again. You do through this through this this through the whole season until finally you realize, oh, I better give. So you make sure you have enough money and put it in the bucket and Merry Christmas and God bless you. And I gave, but I didn't give with love, right? Or the cute little Girl Scouts come knocking on your door and they're selling Girl Scouts and raising money for the Girl Scout Foundation. And you're like, hmm, I do like those peanut butter tagalongs, and I could use some Samoas and maybe some Thin Mints. Oh, sure, sure, I'll buy some cookies for you and support this organization. I'm giving, but am I really giving with love? Well, maybe for the cookies. So we can give without love, right? Okay, but when we love, okay, we love. We cannot love without giving. Out of that gratitude and love for God that we have, we will look for ways to help others. We will see a people in need, and because God's love is burning in us, we will want to do something. We'll see a family without something to eat. We'll go buy some groceries, leave it on the doorstep, leave. It's not for us, remember? Or maybe there is someone that's lonely and needs someone to visit them. We'll bring a hot meal over and visit, pick up their house, clean for them. Maybe someone just got out of the hospital and they need an extra hand. We're going to do that because we're motivated by the love of God. That will flow out of you when you are filled with the agape love. And that is what we need more of. Our own love will fail, but God's love will never fail. So out of, the, out of this love, there are many things that can prosper. We can go to the nations. We can build homes. You can dig wells so people have safe water to use. You can teach them how to raise animals. We can raise women up in ministry. We can share Jesus going door to door. You can go to downtown Madison and minister to the homeless. There's so many things that we can do across the globe as we're motivated by love. And did you know that God can even make you fall in love with a certain people group, nation, interest group, age? Yes, it can happen. I love the people of the Dominican Republic. I love all God's people. I love all of you. But God has really put a burden and passion in me for the people of the Dominican Republic. And just when I thought I couldn't love anymore, he showed me another group of people that he has something for. Pastor Tom told you that um, 
I founded Deborah Generation and lead Deborah Generation. Boy, never in a million years did I think I'd be a general, general of an ar a women's army. <laughs> that's, it seems like that's what God has done. <laughs> and Deborah Generation just had a baby. It's called Daughters of Hope. Yes. And this baby is growing. And let me tell you about Daughters of Hope. Just when I thought I had plenty to do, okay, the Lord shows me and highlights to me this group of teen moms. Now, in the Dominican Republic, the, the percentage of live births to teen moms is incredible. 55% of live births in the Dominican Republic are to girls between 12 and 18. Okay? Yeah, someone's got to do something, right? These girls have been rejected by the community. They've been rejected, unfortunately, by many of the churches. Nobody's focusing on them. And then God highlighted them to me, and I fell in love. And so we started Daughters of Hope. Now, she's a baby yet, and all the Deborahs were taking care of the baby together. But this is what God can do if you open up your heart to his love for others. Amen? So, what seems to get in the way? Let's see. We know we're called to missions. We know that as Christians, we all have a part. We know it's in the heart of God. I'll tell you what gets in the way. A whole bunch of butts. Sometimes it's the one you sit on. Sometimes you just want to sit there, right, and be comfortable, right? There's a lot of butts that get in our way. One of them that I often hear is, but I have nothing to offer. Like I told you in the beginning, what do you have in your hand? Look at what God's giving you. That can be multiplied, offered to him. Remember, here's the girl who couldn't speak Spanish, and now I'm leading ministries. I'm preaching in Spanish. I don't get the glory he does. Only God. But people are not easy, Renee. They're not always so nice. Maybe they are in the Dominican Republic, but they're not nice here in the United States. I hear that, too. Well, maybe you need more of God's love for them. Maybe it's your approach. And you know what? You're right. People aren't always nice, okay? They're not. It's true. But God said go. And Jesus said he'll be with you to the end. So you've got him accompanying you. Tap into the love of God. Tap into his presence. And others have said to me, well, Renee, okay, that's great, but what keeps you going as a missionary? You've been there 14 years, and you're still going to be staying there? Because some of you know my story more than others. It's not been an easy road. But I'll tell you what keeps me going. It's the cross. That cross, that cross is true love. Jesus poured out his blood for each one of us on that cross. He made the sacrifice. He paid the price. And so that cross compels me. It is an incredible love that I have never experienced before in my life, and I know I will never experience again. It is only through Jesus that we can experience true, true love. Amen? Remember... Remember where you were when you first found him or he first found you? Do you remember that? Go back there. Do you remember what it was like when you first learned that you weren't going to go to hell as you deserved? That your sins had been washed away and you were white as snow? 
I remember that. Do you remember that? Go back to that place of gratitude and let that compel you and drive you. Let it renew your love for the Lord and your love for people. Here's another Amy Carmichael quote. I've just got a couple more for you, okay? This is so good, though. God, hold us to that which drew us first when the cross was the attraction and we wanted nothing else. Hold us to that which drew us first when the cross was the attraction and wanted nothing else. When you just go around sharing Jesus, you didn't care. People thought you were weird or not. Remember that? Yeah. Amen. And so often I hear this one. Now, what about me? But what about me, Renee? I have dreams. I have desires. I had plans. I had it all figured out. I had a map for my life. Missions is not about ourselves. If you think it is, you will quickly be disappointed. It may not work out like you thought it was going to happen. People might disappoint you. It is all about Jesus. Missions is about Jesus because God's passion is for people. And we are called to partner with him. Last Amy Carmichael quote for you. It's a good one. Ready? Someone once asked Amy Carmichael, why missions? She replied, it's a chance to die. Whew. Anybody relate to that? It's a chance to die. I'm not talking physical death. I'm talking about dying to your flesh. tell you a little bit of story, a little bit of a story about mine. I was a professional woman, climbing the corporate ladder, doing well. And then the Lord said, I want you to be home with your children full time. Hmm? Give up all this that I worked so hard for? I had been highly educated, prepared for a time like this. Oh, what could I do for my family with making this kind of money? We were living in our dream home. We were very comfortable and secure. But God said, I want you home with your children. That was not easy to tell my husband. It took a God process for all of this to come into line. Okay? And I didn't know what I was preparing for years ahead. We had no idea. But I did that. I gave up that career and I stayed home with my children to home educate them. So years later, we're called to the mission field. Again, that wasn't on our radar. That was a God call, and he transformed in our hearts the desire to go. God was preparing me because also in that time, he caused us to get debt-free for for me to step out of our home, excuse me, step out of our job, uh, sell our dream home, okay, get debt-free, all these things we had no idea what it was leading up to. Okay? This is what I'm saying. When the Holy Spirit says something, it doesn't make sense, just do it. Okay? There will be a reason. It'll make, it'll make a lot of sense later. All right? So did this. We get prepared to go to the field. Guess what? I got to home educate my boys. Perfect. Okay? But didn't know the language. Okay? Had to struggle through that. Couldn't even figure out what I needed in the grocery store because I didn't know milk from juice to, you know, I didn't know what I was buying, okay? Many of the times you bought something, you opened it up, and it's like, wow, I really didn't want that. <laughs> I learned to be very creative, okay? 
And it was all fine and dandy. I mean, it was difficult because, let me, let me explain. You heard part of our story with, you know, my in-laws and how difficult that was. And we had equal opposition from my parents and a lot of talking to and um, told that we were going to ruin everybody's lives by doing this, our children's lives. There were a lot of things that were a struggle along the way. But when we got to um, the field and had the kids there, it was very rewarding to be doing this work of God together, all right? And so the years went on, and um, every step of the way, I was learning to die to myself. And I thought I was doing a pretty good job and pretty good job and progressing. And then one day, it was time for our oldest son to move. And he would no longer be on the island with us. And I had to release him to God. And if you know the mother's heart, that shakes you up. My thought years ago, as I was still working and progressing in my career, was honestly, all my family lived within about a five-mile distance from each other, that I would, grow, I, I would grow old across the street from my sister, and I could walk to my mother's, and my other sibling was just a drive away, and that we'd all raise our kids and have this wonderful family unity, and that we could get together on the weekends and celebrate the birthdays together and the anniversaries, and I could take care of my parents. But it didn't turn out like that. That's the thing that I had to lay down and die to. And just when I thought I was progressing, my son goes. And then a few years later, we have to lay down another son, and he leaves. And our daughter's already in this state. She didn't even get to come on the field with us. She was already in university when we left. I've had to die to myself. Sometimes it's been a lonely road. But I chose Jesus. I'm telling you, I understand the struggles. I understand Sacrifice. I understand dying to yourself. I understand your but, 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 but. Been there. But there's a higher calling. And then one day I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And he says, you keep referring to these things as sacrifices. You keep referring to your, and we've got three beautiful grandchildren, let me tell you. I love and adore them. Oh, how many people have grandchildren? Oh, they say they're God's reward for not killing your teenagers. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I miss them. I miss them. I miss my kids. I miss my mom and dad. I miss my sisters. I miss my brother. And the Holy Spirit said, you keep saying it's a sacrifice. This is not a sacrifice. It is an offering. And I have learned since that time, whatever you give up, you give unto the Lord. It is an offering. So don't fight with him about what, you might, what, you're, what you're hanging on to right now. Loosen up and go, okay, Lord, this is my offering, and I give it to you. Amen. And you know what? You might have to keep on giving it every single year. I give that offering again until I get to see my family again the next year. We need to be willing to die to ourselves because it's not about us. It is about Jesus Christ. It is about being busy with the purpose and plan and the passion of God, and it is people. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Amen. And I'm not sharing this story to boast nor break. I'm sharing this story to be real with you. I want to be real.
So let's go to another but. But what about my physical needs, my family needs, my job? Listen, I got a hold of a really good promise. It's in Matthew 19, 29. We don't have it up on the screen for you, but the, here's God's promise. You ready? And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Whew. Hallelujah. God doesn't forget us. He sees every offering that we give to him. He knows it. So now I want to say something to you that might sound a little harsh, but I'm saying it in love. And I'm saying it to myself, too. Whenever a preacher shares, they've had to go through it, too, okay? We need to lift ourselves out of a self-centered spirituality. That hurts, doesn't it? A mentality that says we're entitled. Somewhere we got that all messed up along the way, didn't we? We could blame it on society, but you know what? We're supposed to be walking in the spirit. We need to get rid of this mentality that says we're these victims without any hope. That's not true. We have Jesus. We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We make too many excuses. Listen, there's always going to be a reason to not go to the church outreach. There's always going to be a reason to not be involved. There's always going to be a reason to not attend this week's missions services. I know, I heard that, yeah. That hurts, doesn't it? There's always going to be an excuse or a reason. There's going to be a reason not to go across the street. There's going to be a reason that you won't go across the ocean, but God still says go. All right. Are you okay now? You all right? Okay, because God loves you, and I love you too, all right? We need to hear this stuff, though, don't we? We need to be challenged. I don't know about you. I, I don't want to go to church and just, like, feel good. I, like, I want to be challenged and feel good. <laughs> Amen? All right. But I feel dry. Ask for a fresh infilling of his spirit then. Contend for more of God's presence. Get alone with him. Ask others to pray for you. Worship him. There is something that changes and shifts in the atmosphere, and we worship him. Why? Because he inhabits our praises. I can't tell you how many times in the Dominican Republic I thought all odds were against me. I had maybe be struggling, been struggling with a physical ailment, whatever it might be, and there's, there's a lot of things. I've gotten down on my knees and go to my prayer room and begin to, it starts with a, a real soft song, you know. And then it gets a little bit louder. And then pretty soon I'm standing up and I'm praising God and I'm making declarations and taking authority again. It will shift the atmosphere. But you got to note this. There's only two times to praise the Lord, okay? This is important. When you feel like it and when you don't. All right? You got that? Did you write that one down? When you feel like it and when you don't. Amen? Amen. 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 So number four out of city church's mission statement. This is beautiful. Contend for more of God's presence. So I want to read it to you, okay? This is your mission as a church. We have a desire to have a tangible presence in our church and lives. We have a conviction that he will pour out more of himself on Madison, its surrounding areas, and its churches. Get ready for this. If we persistently ask for more of his spirit and pursue pure and inspired unity with the people who share his passions, his purposes, and his heart. Hallelujah. 
We must contend for more of God's presence. And let's do this together. Do it as a body. You are each vessels of the living God. And when you come together, there is a synergistic effect, and you are a force to be reckoned with. Amen? Come on, receive it. It's true. So enough of the buts. Enough of the buts. We're overcomers. You are an overcomer. I know there's difficulties. I know there's things that we go through. But we're not overcome by them. The word says that we can trust in the Lord. He will, we will not be put to shame. We are conquerors in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Believe it. Because some of you are kind of going, I am an overcomer? Me? Yes, you. I've got proof. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. You ready for this? For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, wait a minute. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who here believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Would you raise your hand? Come on, come on. I don't see all the hands raised. Uh Uh-oh. Is Jesus the Son of God? All right. Then guess what? You're an overcomer. Now tell that to your neighbor. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Hallelujah. By the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Amen. We just need to recognize who we are as children of God. We have to realize that we are co-heirs with Christ. I'm going to speak some truth into your spirit here, okay? We are co-heirs with Christ. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. The work has been done. He is seated because he can be at rest with the completed work that was done on the cross that we too inherit. And we walk in that and walk in that confidence. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead resides in you. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. So our circumstances, our excuses, our buts, they don't stand a chance in the light of who he is and who he is in us. Don't forget it, who he is in you too. Amen? All right. So good to see so many overcomers in the house. Amen. And remember this, the only authority that the devil has is that which you give him. Don't forget that. In the name of Jesus, he must go. You've got that authority. Jesus gave it to you, all right? Okay, so finally, what is the big deal about missions, Renee? Oh, boy, I hope you've gotten it. What is the big deal about missions? This is serious. It's a matter of life or death. A matter of life or death. It is that important in the heart of God. 1 John 5, 12 through 13. Here's the proof. You ready? 1 John 5, 12 through 13. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Oh. Whew. It's black and white. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Listen, true love speaks truth. Don't be so concerned that you're going to offend someone that you deny the truth from them. We will be persecuted for the name of Jesus. We will. 
that's okay. There's reward there in heaven. If you find your approach is continually, continually offending people, well, then reevaluate your approach, you know? Maybe you need more love of God and get filled up with the Spirit before you go out and do to, to share Jesus. But listen, true love speaks truth. We've got to share this message with people. They will die without it. So how are we going to do that? Number three of City Church's mission, I love it, connect with people. I want to read it to you, okay? It is in sharing the life we have in Christ with other people by serving them with our unique talents and abilities and by receiving from them in return that we find true joy. That's excellent. You know, we can do that here in the United States. We can do that throughout the globe. We can show Jesus by serving others with the unique talents and abilities that he's put in us. And what happens when we come together and do that? That partnership that happens is powerful. I see people come on mission trips, and they have such a desire that they want to bless others, and they've prepared, and, and you know, they're just charged up as they arrive. And then I watch as the week goes on, and they're just, like, rocked by God at how he uses them, yes, to bless others, but even more so how God is blessing them through others, like the ones they go to minister to. Like God will just speak through someone, or he'll just do something in that other person, and they're getting blessed. They'll walk away from that week going, wow, I should be empty, but I am recharged. That's God's economy. You can't outgive God. You will never outgive him. Connect with people. Serve alongside them with your unique talents and abilities, and you will find joy. So, we have a confidence in who we are in Jesus. So we're going to be closing it up with this. And I, I want to I emphasize this fact of when we're coming together in unity and prayer, the power of this. And 1 John 5, excuse me, yes. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15, okay? Now remember, we're chosen by God, co-heirs with Christ. Actually, you're a royal priest. The word says you're a royal priesthood a chosen one, a holy nation, okay? So we have a confidence in approaching God, it says. This is a confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Do you know if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart? Now, sometimes you think like, oh yeah, if I just love Jesus, he's going to give me whatever I want. No, but he does put desire in your heart, passions in your heart. And God's passion is people. And you think it's in his will that all of Madison would serve him? Do you think it's in God's desire and his heart, his will, that all of Wisconsin would serve him? Do you think it's in his heart that this nation of the United States would serve him and all the nations of the world? Then we can confidently come before him and ask him for that, right? Right? Oh, a little hesitant there. Come on. We can confidently go before him. And do you think it's in his will that we would be contending for his presence? Amen? And do you think it's in his will that we would walk in unity together as brothers and sisters and do this kingdom work together? Yes. Amen. 
So now what we're going to do in just a moment is we're going to stand and declare those things and believe for those things together. But first, I want to pray for you. Just where you are right now, just ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to say. Got a couple minutes here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He's here. Holy Spirit, I just ask for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that those things that used to seem like mountains or obstacles or things in the way, that their faith would rise and rest in your completed work, that you will move those mountains. In fact, that they can even thank you that the mountains are moved. And Lord, I pray where there's hurts and there's wounds, I pray that your healing balm would touch their hearts right now. Father God, I pray that each one would experience the Father's love, your perfect love that never, never, ever, ever disappoints us. I pray, God, for even a unity amongst this body of believers like never before. They could pursue your passion, Lord. They would pursue people. Lord, I pray for those who have been desiring to be involved in missions that will be clear now. I pray that they would see the mission that you've called them to where they are, whether that's right where they are, where they're planted now, Lord, or in another nation. Thank you, Father God, that you're here and you're ministering to each one. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Now, can we stand? Can we stand as believers? As overcomers, remember? Now, you don't look really excited about this. Come on. I think you need to remind each other, you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer, and God's got this. I'm a co-heir with Christ. Come on. I'm a co-heir with Christ. Let it come out of your own mouth, not mine. I am a co-heir with Christ. Amen? I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I'm a son of the Most High God. Hallelujah. And we are standing here in confidence before you today, Lord. Come on. So I'm going to ask right now for this city, for this nation, for the globe. <laughs> I'm going to ask for some things, and I'm trusting all of you to join me in agreement. And when I get done with your own mouth, you're going to start declaring your community, your city, your sphere of influence. Amen? All right. Thank you, God, so much for this nation. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this city for you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for you just raising up this army of believers and others from other churches that they'll be united as a body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for completing this work in each person here, too, as well, Lord God, that they're armed, prepared, and equipped, Lord God. So we ask you for Madison and these surrounding areas, Lord. Remove the boundaries, the county lines, the state lines. Let us see with spiritual eyes and hear with spiritual ears, Lord. Show each of us our part. And we ask that Jesus be, the, Jesus be praised in all the nations of this world. And all the missionaries that are representing other uh, nations here, Lord. I pray for them as well, Lord God. That there be no more boundaries. There be no more limits. You're calling us to nations. And Lord, I pray for each one of us here as we contend for your presence, God. 
that you'd fill us up, overflowing, with pressed down, shaken together, with room for more, Lord God, with your spirit, your love, your agape love, God, that it would saturate us and pour it unto others, Lord, that it would be contagious. Hallelujah. Thank you that we are empowered. In Jesus' name. And now, with your own words, please, just take a moment right now to pray for your sphere of influence right now, each of you right now.